Hi there, and welcome to the Living with SMA podcast. We're here to have conversations about living with spinal muscular atrophy. Throughout this podcast, we will be covering lots of different topics from preparing for university, getting the most from your personal budget, sex and relationships, and lots, lots more. So we invite different hosts from across the SMA community to come together here. We want to answer your questions, provide you with useful tips and recommendations, and also share personal stories. So please do reach out and connect with us here at the charity SMA UK. Thank you for listening, and we hope you find the podcast useful. Welcome to part one of About Toilets. Today we'll be discussing bathrooms that are not fully accessible, the radar key scheme alongside maintaining the lock standards, and multi-purpose bathrooms. Hello everyone, welcome to our next episode of Living with SMA, and uh, I'm uh, your host today, Louis, and we're going to be talking about toilets and some of the things that uh, impact the community and some of the positive stuff as well. I'm very fortunate to be joined here today by two wonderful guests, um, and uh, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting chat. So whoever wants to go first, if you could please introduce yourselves. Ladies first. Oh, Ross. Okay, um, my name is Jasmine. I'm 28 from the southwest of the UK. I have SMA type 2. Um, I work full time in payroll and I live with my husband and our beautiful cat who's called Baby. Fantastic. Cool. Thanks for that. I'm, um, yeah, I'm Ross Hovey. Uh, 42, nearly 43, um, SMA type 2. I live in Cambridgeshire. Uh, I probably live some people's dreams of a bachelor lifestyle. Um, and I work full time for um, a rather large bank in the city as their accessibility manager. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Um, I, I think. It's best to just jump straight into it. Um, the idea, the whole idea behind this episode was um, some of the experiences that I've had um, when using um, accessible bathrooms when I'm out and about. And uh, before I share my stories, I just wanted to know if uh, either of you have had incidences where people have been the problem or the bathroom has been the problem or things haven't worked like they should. Um, it's just... Yeah, let, let us know about what what your experiences are. Okay, I'll go first if you don't mind, Ross. Um, for me, this, yeah, for this is quite negative, but I find whenever I'm out in the public, whether it's a pub, a restaurant, um, a garden centre or anything like that, it's very rare that the disabled toilet is actually fully accessible. And what I mean by that is either it's not big enough for a wheelchair and a carer, and yourself. Um, it could be that um, there's a baby changer in there. So there's a massive bin full of nappies. So you can't actually get your chair close enough to the toilet. Um, just a little bit of background, I won't bore you, but I used to have a super pubic catheter. So I could go for a wee anywhere. I could get in a bottle, um, in a jug, anywhere. And that worked brilliant. But now I'm actually lifted onto the toilet it's made me more aware of how much space you need and they, they just don't have, in my opinion, they don't have enough space. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's terrible. I think uh, I think that not not a lot of thought goes into the design of of such spaces. So, um, I, I'm obviously it's it's not great to hear stories like that. And uh, I think that within the community, not just in the SMA community, um, that people with disabilities really struggle with with the bathrooms. Um, Ross, how about you? Yeah, so I, I couldn't comment on anything different from from what what Jasmine has shared, but I guess to kind of maybe expand into some other areas. So um, some places don't even have an accessible toilet, or some places have an accessible toilet, but they never step to get inside their establishment, which kind of is bizarre. Um, at work, and, and you know, not just the organisation I work for, but other offices that I visit, the disabled toilet or the accessible toilet seems to be the place where people enjoy to go for a quiet poo. Um, so because it's private, mm-hmm. so you know, in the ten minutes I get sometimes between meetings, you know, I head to the accessible toilet and I find myself waiting outside because it's engaged, which, you know, fair enough, it could be anybody with a disability using it, but then a person leaves and the first thing they do is say, I'm sorry. And to me, sorry is an admission of guilt. You wouldn't apologize if you didn't need to be in there, would you? Absolutely. Um, so, um, and then I think kind of, you know, at, out and about, you know, um, in the UK at sporting events, um, you know, accessible toilets tend to get misused. They tend to be good places for people who may have, uh, interesting habits that they want to do in there. Um, so that's another. They're kind of quite. They're quite a lucrative place. Accessible <laughs> toilets in terms of the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems is when you travel outside of the UK. Is a lot of foreign countries will have a accessible toilet in the male bathroom and an accessible toilet in the female bathroom. But if your carer is of the opposite sex. You have to make a choice of whether they're going to come into the one that's not their gender identity or you're going to have to go into the one that's not your gender identity. So, again, that can prove to be quite awkward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, I think all of that is, is really spot on. I mean, I, I have a different perspective a, a little bit because I, I come from South Africa and um, we're, we're they're way be, far behind in terms of accessibility, and like you say about foreign countries, that's exactly the problem: is that the disabled bathrooms are inside either the male or the female side, and when you're with your mum or with your partner, you mm. kind of forced to go in to the ladies' side because they're not going to go into the men's side. Um, I think I think uh, one of the the biggest things for me here. In the UK, um, it's happened four times already where I have uh, used a radar, a radar key system uh, uh, bathroom to go to the toilet. And whilst lying in a semi-seating laying position on the wheelchair, in a very compromising position, uh, people have literally opened the door while I'm mid-flow. Um, <laughs> so um, I've, I've done a bit of research um and uh, looked into things a bit more, and it, it seems to be that the older generation uh, radar key systems um, ha- don't have a function that 
The door cannot be opened if it's been locked from the inside. And the newer systems that do have that feature will only be able to open from the outside if they're broken. So I think that there's an element of the the organization or the building managers having to maybe do a better job at maintaining those locks and testing them on a regular basis, which I think is not happening, which is why that's happened to me four times already and I've only been here for 18 months and I don't go out a lot. Um, I also think I also think looking at, um, like you are saying, Ross, about people using it for other activities other than the bathroom or if they don't have a disability. Um, last year, I, w- I attended the MOVE conference in London at the Excel building. And um, one of the, the reasons why I could go with my carers, because I use a, a care agency, and if you watched our last episode about carers, um, I, I, my care is very dictated by policies. So we were only allowed to go because there was a changing places bathroom at the venue, and there would be a hoist for them to hoist me onto the table and do my business and then back again. Um, and when we got there, we were told that the lift was out of order and that the changing places bathroom was on the bottom floor. So um, I was in a position where I either don't go or we bend the rules to go to the bathroom. And I was there for two days. So you can imagine the, the, the difficulty that we had. And the problem with, with the exile is it's not just one event that goes on. There's like four or five events happening at the same time. And by the end of day one, the disabled bathroom that was opposite our hall was so covered in wet toilet paper that it was actually getting stuck in my front wheels of the wheelchair. We couldn't get in and out. It was disgusting. It was absolutely horrible. So on the first day, I got home after an hour and a bit train ride um, busting for the bathroom because there was just nowhere that I could go. Um, so I think I think there's there's maybe some responsibility from event managers and, and building managers to, to try and, and address those kind of problems. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, you, you, you covered quite a lot there. So I think the first part you said was about the state of the locks, so the older ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that should be part of a, a maintenance program. I think the other is sometimes in venues it's not even a radar key it's a key behind the bar or in a restaurant you have to ask for the key very dignified um to like can i please you know use the bathroom um in terms of yeah like misuse that happens all the time yeah yeah Yeah, i I think think, i think uh Sorry. No, go first. I was just going to say, I think as well, like when you do have to ask for a key behind the bar, sometimes they don't know where it is, so they have to go and find somebody to find the key. Then they've lost the key. And then you're just there thinking, am I going to wet myself? Or, you know, what am I actually going to do? So those situations are quite difficult as well. Yeah, it's not pleasant. It definitely isn't pleasant. I think uh, also another time we're going to London for a, a work lunch and I had to go three restaurants down into this dark storeroom, go all past the, the restaurant's stock lying all over the place into the back of the room where the disabled toilet was that it, it just it, 
so full of alcohol and drinks and was like being used as a store a storeroom cupboard. Um, it was really funny. It took it took fifteen minutes to clear everything out the way just to get in the bathroom. So uh, I think I think there's a a different uh, knowledge gap in terms of venues and and what they can do to make our experience a little bit more easier. And an interesting thing is, I'm not sure that the state of toilets in the world is an exclusive thing to accessible toilets. I don't think that toilets generally are are well maintained i think we we get the rough end of the stick more um and it, it's interesting because I'm, I'm looking back now on, on some of my carers when we go to the bathroom and they often joke oh rosh you bring me to all the best places so that probably is a, <laughs> a, an insight of what most toilets are, are like they yeah they're, they're smelly they're dirty they're stock rooms i think you know kind of again talking about the baby changing facility that you're sometimes sharing it with i think i was in a bathroom the other month where the koala bear thing that is the baby changer of the strap had broken so i was basically holding it with my head like this whilst trying to have a wee and i i get like really occasional what i'd call from a man's point of view stage fright so i think the experience that jasmine was talking about you know when i have to go to the bar and i have to wait and then i'm waiting and everyone's looking at me i then get to the bathroom and i'm like oh, i can't go because i feel like i'm <laughs> now under pressure and that could have a really like bad yeah. impact and actually like, occasionally i don't really drink anymore but sometimes when i drink alcohol i get the same thing where as my mates would say they'd like to go for a sit down we as they call it um like if the change in places for me isn't there but i'll come in and i'll literally get in my hoist and i'll be able to pee absolutely no problem so again i think that linking into the other bit i think you know like for most people with sma at some point in their life an accessible toilet it doesn't matter how big or how clean it is they're going to need something that's got you know the hoist i mean i don't i don't actually like the name change in places and i might be digressing slightly here but i often also think that it implies that we all wear pads yeah and that we need to change it's not it's that like i don't know if either of you had a spinal fusion but the only way that i can really get my jeans on is if I'm laying down, I can do it in the chair, but then my bits end up somewhere up near where they shouldn't be. So <laughs> I can like totally to relate. I can totally relate. I'd like to know how you get them on in your chair because I cannot master it. I can just about. It's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. No, it's definitely not pleasant. Definitely not pleasant. I can totally relate to that, Ross, and I think that's a quite a valid point that you've made there. That that it does kind of imply that we're using pads or or things like that. I think for me, using the Changing Places bottom for the first time was phenomenal because I'd never seen anything like that before. And to see what could be done in a, in a, a space like that is is really great. I mean, um, they don't look like the, the conventional accessible bathroom, that, which look clinical and, and just remind you of being at the hospital. And I think for some people that, that can cause... Um, I know I'm not necessarily in the SMA community, but I had a friend who who just couldn't go to the bathroom if it looked clinical because he had such bad flashbacks from being in hospital and uh, not being able to to go to the bathroom because the nurses were pressuring him to go quicker and he just he just couldn't go and he would end up just going around the corner where no one could see and using a bottle, you know. So I think I think that there's a lot more that 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 people can do to improve that situation. 
Um, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, so I just want to kind of but say quickly, changing places toilets are a wonderful thing, and I do have a part-time voluntary job as kind of looking at an international level on that, and I'm an absolutely advocate for the equipment and the brand, the name has been around a lot longer than, you know, I've been involved, and that that is the brand that's known. Mm-hmm. I just I know from even speaking to other people with disabilities, and you know, one particular friend of SMA who I hope might watch this, he'll be laughing now because he'll know exactly who it is, and I'm not going to say his name, but he absolutely hates the name because he said it just means that he thinks everybody thinks that he wears an adult nappy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. And I think, that, I think that's that's my only bugbear with with it. But you're right, the facilities and some of them are clinical still because they're you know, if you go to the one in King's Cross toilet, it's not particularly, it's not clinical like a hospital, but it's equally not funky like some of the ones that they put in football rounds and things like that. But, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So- this brings to an end of part one. Please stay tuned for part two, where we will be discussing gender-neutral bathrooms, policy and standards, and lack of awareness. You've been listening to the Living with SMA podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. But in the meantime, please don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more on our website at smauk.org.uk.